Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw. Steps up. Floats a bomb up the right seam. Looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 Two yards. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's the q Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the Sam Darnold Project with the one and only Michael Nania as we get to part number six this week. On the last edition of the Sam Darnold Project, we got through the first three games of Sam Darnold's sophomore season, the 2019 season, finishing off with the horrendous performance that Darnold had on Monday Night Football against the New England Patriots, a game that, as of right now, stands as the absolute worst performance of his entire career thus far. And the week after that, he would travel to the state of Florida, and this was the first of two back-to-back games in the state of Florida for Sam Darnold. We've talked about this before, Michael. For whatever reason, Sam Darnold seems to be spooked by that state. He does not do well there. This was no exception. Now, to be fair, you gave Darnold a slightly under-average grade for this one, and I remember it being a lot worse than that, so I'm curious to hear your explanation. And just a cursory look at your chart makes it a little more murky, too, because He had 23 positive plays and 10 negative plays. So you immediately think to yourself, if he had that many more positive plays and negative plays, why did he have a below average grade? But I think it's because of the nature of the negative plays, because the negative plays were really, really negative. And that's one thing that has to be taken into account when we talk about the positive to negative play ratio, is the enormity of some plays is not the same as the enormity of others. So talk to me a little bit about this game with Jacksonville, because... I remember everybody thinking that Darnold was in the middle of a spiral here based on the fact that we had hoped that the Patriots game was a one-off, that it was just a terrible game against an outstanding defense, but this game made us worry that it was more than that. Yeah, so while he wasn't able to come out and just completely make us forget about that, and like you said, after that game, 
I think we were all pretty worried. He did have three picks in this game, but uh, it wasn't an awful performance. And after watching it back through, it was definitely less bad than I thought it was the first time. But to go to expand on what you were talking about, his ratio in this game was pretty good. I gave him 23 positive plays to 10 negative plays. That's 2.3. That's really good. That is his fifth best of the season. Almost as good as the Cowboys game. But where this game really went downhill is just the the value of his positive plays and the value of his negative plays were not good. One of the things that I track is the combined score of the average score of his positive plays and the average score of his negative plays. So if his negative plays are on average really bad and his positive plays are on average not that good and you combine those two numbers together, then you're getting a really low score. That kind of shows that he's making big mistakes and he's not making big plays. And that's what this Jaguars game was. Uh, His average negative play in this game Second worst of the season after the Patriots game is average positive play in this game, the lowest score of the season. So basically what that shows is that what he was doing well wasn't spectacular. and What he was doing bad, those were big mistakes. So he did have the three interceptions in this game. The one uh, was a short throw to Robbie Anderson that he probably should have thrown away. He was scrambling outside. Uh, Le'Veon Bell actually gave up pressure on that play in pass protection, but that's one he should have thrown away. There was one... uh, the second one he threw is when the Jets were driving to try and tie the game in the fourth quarter, I believe. Uh, they were down by one score. Uh, it, it was second and 20, I think, but there was two wide open checkdowns underneath that would have gotten at least 10, maybe 15 yards. But he decided to chuck one up to Vincent Smith way down the field. Uh, what, he underthrew it by a mile. That was picked off. And then the other one was basically in garbage time. But uh, So he did make those big turnover mistakes. Uh, But overall, what made this game kind of less bad was that the Jets were not helping him out. Once again, the pressure rate, 47%, one of the worst of the season, almost as bad as New England. They could not block the edge rushers uh, for Jacksonville in this game. Josh Allen, Yannick Ngakwe, Clayce Campbell dominated them, as they have in every game they played against the Jets the past couple years. But awful protection again, and this time a lot different than the New England game. It wasn't unblocked pressure, it was just people dominating the Jets offensive line, instantly creating pressure. So lots of pressure. There were not many people open in this game. So what Darnold did a good job of in this game was just taking what was available. He was pretty consistent at checking the ball down, making the throws he needed to make and throwing them pretty accurately. He did have one really good throw to Robbie Anderson, uh, a deep ball down the left sideline, but that was called back because of offensive pass interference on Robbie Anderson. Uh, But overall this game, he was pretty consistent, took, Uh, the best option available most of the time, but he did have a few really bad turnovers that cost them. And the turnovers are always going to outweigh so many things. It's just a matter of being able to make the right decisions on a consistent basis and not make the backbreaking ones. You don't want to be in the Jameis Winston category. And unfortunately on this day, that's more or less what Sam Darnold did because you see a lot of games where Jameis Winston makes some excellent plays, but then he'll make that turnover that kills you. And that's more or less what we saw from Sam Darnold on this particular day. And just to give you an idea of how things went overall, the leading rusher was Le'Veon Bell, eight carries, 23 yards. So they didn't even really bother to run the ball much on this particular game. The leading receiver, Ryan Griffin, who had really stepped up at this point, two touchdown grabs, four catches, 66 yards. Demarius Thomas had a solid day, five catches, 63 yards. And then beyond that, Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson, 
four for 43 for Robbie, three for 24 for Crowder. Both guys had a bit of a rough go. As you said, part of it, obviously, because of the fact that Darnold was under duress so much. And this was a really bad game for Jamal Adams, so people started to wonder what was going on with him. That's a whole other story for a whole other podcast. But the key to this game was Sam Darnold and those back-breaking mistakes. 21 of 30, 218 yards, 7.3 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns, the three interceptions we talked about, although, as you said, one of them was in garbage time, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Here's one that really tells a lot of the tale here, too. Eight sacks for 51 yards. We saw all day that he was under duress by Jacksonville. We saw Calais Campbell getting in there and dominating. Yannick Ngakwe was all over the place. Josh Allen had a couple of sacks. 18.4 QBR and a 73.3 quarterback rating. So, the box score didn't exactly match what we saw from Sam Darnold on the field, but those turnovers, Michael, was really what made the difference between Darnold having an above-average performance and a below-average performance. Yeah, so I think the QBR kind of undersells him a little bit to give him an 18. I don't think he was quite that bad, but the passer rating is, or just his overall box score line, is I think a pretty decent indictment of how well he played. In this game, the 21 of 30 passing, that's a good completion percentage, uh, probably about 69% off the top of my head or something around there, 69.70. But that's a good consistency. The 7.3 yards per attempt is pretty average. So I think that sums it up pretty well. But to have the three interceptions, uh, obviously, you never want to have a game with three picks unless there is a really good reason for it or they weren't your fault. Uh, and all the ones in this game were his fault, although one of them wasn't garbage time. So a pretty decently representative box score. I think the QBR is a little low, uh, but in terms of the PFF grade he got in this game, uh, they did give him a, a pretty representative get, uh, grade in this game, I think. So they gave him a 56, which is uh, slightly below average or pretty decently below average. I think an average score for them is about probably a 68 or a 70, but so they did score him pretty low in this game uh, for the first time. They actually score him the right way. Well, they did give him a very bad grade against the Patriots, but, uh, they did give all the 56 in this game, which is about where I stood as well. Just a below average, uh, not a good game for sure. Definitely below average, but not an awful game either. I should say that when I said that the box score didn't necessarily reflect Darnold's performance, I was mostly talking about that QBR because, boy, that is a really low QBR. Worth noting, by the way, that Gardner Minshew and his mustache badly outplayed Sam Darnold in this game, even if you just look at the box score. But if you watch the game, you saw it. 22 of 34, 279 yards, 8.2 yards per attempt, three touchdown passes, zero interceptions, 83.1 QBR, and a 119.6 quarterback rating. And this isn't a podcast about Gardner Minshew. It is about Sam Darnold. But I actually thought it was crazy when the Jaguars benched him to go back to Nick Foles because I think that Minshew has potential to be a solid starting quarterback. I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be anything special. But I saw some things with him, especially his ability to make plays on the run, which we saw in this game, Michael, that made me think that Gardner Minshew might be able to be a solid starter in the NFL for a decent period of time, which... For where they picked him in the draft in the sixth round is really all you could ask for. But for Jets fans on this particular day, it was really disheartening to see their player who was picked number three overall and who the Jets used three second round picks to go up and get, get outplayed by a guy who was picked in the sixth round. Yeah, and the turnovers are the big negative here because you could say whatever you want about the consistency, but you know, if that consistency is just you checking the ball down and then you come out and make two very, very bad turnovers... 
then that's going to cancel out. And, and you said it before, but, you know, turnovers cancel out a whole, whole lot of production. You could make a lot of throws, a lot of good throws in one game, but one turnover, depending on how bad it is in the situation, can really cancel out all of that value. And this was a game uh, where that happened. The Jets, def- the Jets defense was not good in this game. It's probably one of their worst performances, but the Jets did have a chance late in this game to get back into it. Uh, and just if Darnold didn't throw those two interceptions, uh, the first one they were actually in range uh, to maybe at least kick a field goal and score. And then the second one, uh, it was not a promising drive, but all he needed to do in that play, if, if you look at that play, it's one of the most wide open, obvious check down opportunities a quarterback will ever get. But he just took a shot down the field. And it's a really good example of one of his biggest problems, just being too aggressive. It's not that I don't, I don't think it's that he can't see the field because he does do a really going through his reads. I think his vision is really good. It's just uh, just making way too aggressive decisions much of the time. Just check the ball down. Sometimes that's all you got to do. And on that second interception to Vincent Smith, that is uh, the mistake that he made. There were two very obvious check down opportunities he should have taken, uh, but instead took an extremely low percentage deep shot, and it got picked off and cost them the game. Let's move ahead now to the following week against the Miami Dolphins. And as we said, Michael, Sam Darnold, for whatever reason, never seems to perform well in the state of Florida. He had 19 positive plays to 13 negative plays, so that's not so bad. But your overall grade for him was 45, which is below average. And I think a lot of this, again, had to do with turnovers, specifically that one awful turnover where I don't know what he was thinking. He just basically chucked the ball up in the air like he was out in the schoolyard. That's the one thing that they'll teach you right away from day number one that you should never, ever do out there. I think this is a game, along with the Jaguars game, that at the time we graded a lot more harshly than we would have if we would watched it back on film because when you look at each specific play, he actually wasn't terrible in this game. He was below average, but not terrible. But watching it at the time, right there live, this was another game where we said to ourselves, he was horrible against the Patriots, wasn't very good against the Jaguars, not so great today. What's going on with him? Yeah, and this one was pretty similar to the Jaguars game. Watching it live, you thought about the big mistakes. There was uh, the interception that he threw in this game. I gave this one a zero. It's one of the few plays that I've given a zero. I don't throw that around too lightly, but that one at the end of the half, rolling out an obvious, obvious throw the ball away situation, just chucks it up into a ton of traffic, and it turns out to be an easy interception that costs them points. Uh, when you're watching a game live, those inter- those plays really stick with you. I remember watching the Redskins game, uh, which we'll get to in a future episode, but in a game he played really well. Uh, that interception he threw in that game was really bad, and it took me a while to just forget about that, even though he had made a lot of good plays in that game to that point and would end up making more good plays later. It took me a, a long time to forget about that. And, you know, it is worthy a lot of the time because those, like we already talked about, those those turnovers can have can cancel out a lot of the good that you do. So I think in this game, against Miami was very similar to Jacksonville in that we kind of stuck on those mistakes and kind of ignored that he was pretty decently consistent. And that's not to say he played well. That interception he threw at the end of the half was really bad. Uh, He had a play earlier in the half that actually could have been intercepted. Luckily, it wasn't. So I think we hung on those mistakes a little bit. It was a bad game because of those. He did not play well in this game, but he was not horrible in this game. It was similar to Jacksonville. Uh, lots of pressure, not too many people getting open against a defense that people should be getting open against, uh, especially at this point in the season where 
Miami was still winless. They were still playing historically bad defense, a little bit better than the start of the season, but this is a defense they should have carved up. And on the opening drive, it looked like they were going to, and that was a theme against Jacksonville, against Miami, and this whole portion of the season with the opening drives looking good and then stalling after that. But uh, again, I think Darnold did a good job making the best decision, good ball placement on underneath throws, throws over the middle. So, you know, he did do a good job of that. And, you know, what he did in these two games against Miami and Jacksonville, even though these weren't good performances, I think this is all you wanted to see against New England in that game. You know, no, he didn't play well, and a lot of it is because of how bad the supporting cast was. But in this game, even though he did turn the ball over a few times, he still was able to get into a rhythm at points in the game where he's making the right decision, giving the Jets a chance to move the ball down the field. And against New England, he never found that rhythm. Uh, never was able to make even a couple of good throws in a row just to get something going. But in these two games, he did have a few stretches where he was a good, just managing the game pretty well. So it's not to say he played well against Jacksonville, against Miami. I did grade him low average in both of these games, but it wasn't quite as bad as I think I remembered it being watching it live and most other people did uh, because there were stretches where he was really consistent and made some smart decisions. So uh, in these two games, definitely it was uh, this is now three bad games in a row after that great game against the Cowboys. If you want to throw in the Bills game, even though he does have the legitimate mono excuse for that game, it's now four ga- four bad games out of five to start the season. So confidence on him at this point uh, was really low coming out of this game. This is now eight or uh, nine turnovers in the last four games since that Cowboys game. So uh, he was really struggling at this point, but I do think, We have to give him some credit for both of these games against the Dolphins and the Jaguars uh, for what he was able to do at certain points, just making good decisions, but still below average performances, and that's mostly because of the turnovers. Look at the box score, by the way. Apropos of nothing, Brandon Copeland had a hell of a day. Eight tackles, a sack, two tackles for a loss, a quarterback hit, so... Big day for Brandon Copeland. Didn't really seem to help the Jets or Sam Darnold all that much, unfortunately. If you look at the rest of the players around the Jets on the offensive side of the ball, though, this was kind of interesting just looking at the box score. Big day for Le'Veon Bell. 17 carries, 66 yards. Not tremendous running the ball, but it was one of his better days. You combine that with eight catches for 55 yards, and he had one of his most complete performances of the season. Jamison Crowder, eight catches for 83 yards. Ryan Griffin, six catches for 50 yards. By the way, a touchdown for Jamison Crowder. And Robbie Anderson, I remember people were starting to worry about Robbie Anderson here. Two catches for 33 yards. This is coming off of the poor performance against Jacksonville and the even worse performance against the Patriots, as we detailed. He has traditionally had a lot of trouble with Stephon Gilmore. And then you look at Sam Darnold's box score. 27 of 39, 260 yards, 6.7 yards per attempt, one touchdown, one interception, three sacks for 22-yard loss, 53.7 QBR, and an 85.4 quarterback rating. So I think on paper this does look like a game that was slightly below average and not quite the disaster that we remembered watching it live. Yeah, definitely in the box score is a similar to Jack's Mill, one that's just not not terrible but still below average. Uh, and much less than ideal, especially against the team they were playing. I think when you apply that, uh, just that adjustment against this Miami team, uh, what makes this what makes this performance particularly more uh, underwhelming than it kind of seems on the surface of the box score? Because the Dolphins' defense this season was historically terrible, and even once they started winning games, they're playing they were playing better defensively. They're still one of the worst defenses 
in the league. What they were, especially up to this point when the Jets played them the first time, they were giving up some ridiculous numbers through the air. So just to be shut down by that defense was very disappointing. It's a, a team that was not, again, putting up some historically bad numbers, especially in past defense up to this point in the season. So again, similar to Jacksonville, wasn't terrible, but at, at some point wasn't terrible, isn't good enough. And it's his third game in a row that is uh, certainly less than average. And to add insult to injury, Michael, of course, Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic himself, 24 of 36, 288 yards, eight yards per attempt, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 76.8 QBR and a 118.7 quarterback rating. He sliced and diced the Jets all day. Mike Gusecki had a field day. It's never fun to watch the Jets get destroyed by an opposing team. It's even harder to take when it's the Miami Dolphins. And when you throw in the fact that it was Ryan Fitzpatrick doing it, that's three for three. Yeah, it's never, this is the second, actually, yeah, the second time in three years that we've had to watch the Jets uh, lose to Fitzpatrick. So that's never a lot of fun uh, to see that happen. Uh, Hopefully, we obviously wish that Fitzpatrick would have more performances like that in his second season with the Jets, which obviously didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, Sam Darnold in this state way down there, uh, down south in Florida, he just he's 0-4 now uh, in two seasons there, 0-2 against the Dolphins, 0-2 against the Jaguars. Luckily, they do not have to play in Jacksonville this coming season, but they do have to go to Miami. So he's got to ha- uh, figure out something to do down there to just kind of get his head straight. Cause I don't know what it is. If, uh, if we took out his numbers in that state, uh, he'd probably look like a pretty good quarterback um, in both in both of these first two seasons, but uh, he just has not been able to figure it out down there. So uh, that's something he's got to work on. Maybe he should uh, hold some of his uh, summer practices down there. Let's talk PFF. How did their grade compare to yours? So they did give him a pretty bad grade in this one. A 51.2 was their grade. That's the third worst of the season that they gave him ahead of the New England game the uh, and the uh, Steelers game later in the season. So they did give him a pretty bad grade. I didn't think it was quite that bad, but it's still a, a, a score they gave him that is uh, bad, not terrible. So uh, not too much to argue with there. They did a pre- pretty decent job with the Jaguars and Dolphins grades. Although those first two games... I still don't understand how they could have the Cowboys and Bills performances as even remotely close and be as, as close as they were. I just don't understand how you can even watch that and think they're close. Even the box scores aren't close in those two games. So uh, those conclusions were weird. But Jaguars and Dolphins, they did an okay job. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. At this point, people were worried about Sam Darnold. As we said, he had played horribly against the New England Patriots. He had not done well against the Jaguars and Dolphins. Not as bad as we thought at the time when you go back and look at it, but still not good. And as you said, Michael, just saying not so bad is not good enough, especially for a guy that had such high hopes attached to him, was the number three pick overall in the draft. The Jets gave up three second-rounders to go up and get him. Not so bad is not going to cut it. Was he going to be able to turn this thing around and show us the Sam Darnold that we'd seen against the Dallas Cowboys, show us the Sam Darnold we had seen the last four weeks of the 2018 season? And the answer was yes, because the Giants were just what the doctor ordered. Jets and Giants went head-to-head. And the Jets got the better of it, but also Sam Darnold looked a lot better than he had the last couple of weeks. 20 positive plays to 8 negative plays, and he jumped his score back up to a 66. So just to give you an idea, the Bills game, a 28, a 5 in the Patriots game, a 48 against the Jaguars, a 45 against the Dolphins. So all of those are below average, and two of them are well below average. And then here we go with the 66. So finally, Sam Darnold starting to show some progress again. And I know that the Giants were bad, but still, this was something we all needed to see at this point in the season. Yeah, this was very refreshing to see. Because like you said, at this point, um, he's on a slump. He had three bad games in a row. Uh, He had a couple of those stretches in his rookie season in which he had three bad games in a row. And he was able to bounce back. When he had those in his rookie season, so you look at he had the second through fourth weeks of his rookie season, Miami, Cleveland, Jacksonville. Then he bounced back and had the Broncos and Colts game. Then he had the Vikings, Bears, Dolphins games that he struggled in. Then he went out with the injury. And then he came back and had that great four-game stretch to finish the season. So here we are again, three bad games in a row. He really needs something here to uh, just to get back going and avoid just going down the drain. And uh, really, from a fan standpoint, you just want to see something to give you some hope that uh, this isn't what he's going to spiral into in his second season. Because even though he is 22 years old, even though he has uh, at this point only started seven, uh, 18 games in his career, so barely over one season, despite all of that, you really just do not want to see him in his second season continue regressing like it seemed like he was at that point. So against the Giants, he did come out and take advantage of a bad defense like he was not able to against Miami the Giants uh, the Giants defense is very bad and they looked like it in this game but Donald did a good job the pressure was still there in this game the offensive line once again giving up a really high pressure rate in this game against the Giants they actually gave up a pressure rate of 48.5 tied that New England game for the third worst of the season and he made some good throws under pressure there was one where uh, the defender was wrapped around him and he made a throw to Robbie Anderson that was really good numerous times he had to step up and deliver over the middle but Uh, The ball placement, again, in this game is what he did really well. There were a few throws where he had to step up, uh, had to throw to people breaking over the middle. Usually it was Jameson Crowder. He was featured in this game, and he threw the ball perfectly in stride. 
to maximize yards after the catch. So this was a very good sound performance. Wasn't a groundbreaking game like the Cowboys. Uh, not too many amazing plays in this game. I only graded him uh, with one play at a seven or above, and that was that play uh, where he threw while the defender was wrapped around to Robbie Anderson. But he had a lot of plays in that six six point five range on my grading scale. Really solid plays where he was just executing to maximum ability, even if they weren't special plays, just doing exactly what needed to be done at the at the fullest potential of that play. So he was very consistent in this one. Good decision-making, no big mistakes. Uh, he had one really good scramble in this game as well. So just a sound performance, beating up on a bad defense, taking advantage of good field position and uh, open receivers like he should be able to. And the pressure in this game was there quite a bit, so he did a good job sensing that. It wasn't the worst kind of pressure. A lot of it was pretty late pressure but he was doing a good job avoiding that making throws on the move uh he actually it, this is the one game chris herndon that uh that he played in before he went out afterwards uh, and darnold had this one really good throw scrambling to the right classic darnold to herndon what they really missed this season uh, and hit him for about a 30 yard gain lofting it over the top what we saw multiple times in his rookie season and that was called back because of a hold but still it was nice to see that uh, because they missed that so much through, uh, throughout this season, the connection between those two guys. So hopefully Herndon is healthy in 2020 and can play uh, just as well as he did in 2018 because he was a borderline top 10 tight end by the end of the season as a rookie. So if he can, e- if he can even just be the same as he was as a rookie, let alone progress a little bit, that'd be great. But if he can progress, then you know, the potential is sky high for him. But just the outside-the-pocket connection that those two guys had, they really, really missed in 2019 because especially with how bad this offensive line was, uh, Darnold did not have too many options scrambling outside the pocket this season without Herndon there. So uh, if they were, if they did have him healthy throughout the season, it would have added so much for Darnold to have a guy uh, who he can rely upon, who he has that connection with uh, to get outside the pocket and mitigate the pressure uh, sometimes, which he was not able to do at, at do too much throughout the season. Although in this Giants game, we saw one flash of it. So they missed Chris Herndon. Uh, this was the only game he played. And we did see one, uh, one example of what made that pair so good in 2018. So hopefully he comes back. But this Giants, uh, this Giants game was a very consistent, sound performance from Sam Darnold. Beating the pressure, good throws in stride. Uh, exactly what you want to see against an opponent like the Giants. I love how you said classic Darnold to Herndon as though they've been doing it for years. <laughs> they've been doing it for years. They have. It's a, it's a signature connection. 2018 feels like decades ago, so it might as well be classic. Classic Montana to Rice right there, just like Darnold and Herndon. But if you look at the box score, yes, Herndon had one catch for seven yards. But here was the story. Six catches for 84 yards for Demarius Thomas, of all people. Jamison Crowder had a really nice day, five catches, 81 yards and a touchdown once again people worried about Robbie Anderson because you talked about that reception that he had but it was the only one that he had one catch for 11 yards so this is a couple weeks in a row now where Robbie is invisible on the stat sheet he was open a lot more than people realize until you go back and look at the film but he wasn't there on the stat sheet so people are thinking to themselves why would the Jets be paying this guy a whole bunch of money this was a monster game for Jamal Adams and this is where he really started to crush the rest of the season 
eight tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss. He forced that fumble and ran it back for a touchdown. And I want to talk about Daniel Jones in a second, but let's get to the box score for Sam Darnold. 19 of 30, 230 yards, 7.7 yards per attempt, a touchdown, took two sacks, 73.6 QBR, and a 97.9 quarterback rating. So it was a very good, not elite performance here by Darnold. I think the box score pretty much matched what we saw on the field. Yeah, it was definitely pretty representative. And the QBR is good, too, because that puts him up uh, near the top of the league that week. That's a really good QBR. And I think that's because of the pressure definitely is worth considering because it was uh, very constant in this game. And a guy who was creating a lot of that pressure was Leonard Williams. He was actually pretty dominant in this game. People were probably writing articles like, oh, Leonard Williams had one or two tackles. But he was creating a ton of pressure in this game, forced a few throwaways. Uh, and Darnold made a few plays under that pressure by Williams as well. But the pressure was constant. So that's really the biggest plus in this game. He was making up for that like he wasn't the past few weeks. And that's a trend that we're going to see here over this hot stretch for Sam Darnold. The offensive line did not really play all that much better over this hot streak that he has uh, in, the, in the middle of the season here. And a couple of other good, uh, good games, good moments that he has down the stretch. The offensive line did not improve uh, down the stretch of the season. And he did... Uh, the fact that Darnold was able to play better in spite of that is a really positive sign because in 2018, they were playing pretty, uh, they were doing decently better in some of those games that he played well in, especially earlier in the season. But in this, in 2019, down the stretch, he had some good games in spite of that offensive line actually not playing any better than they were before that. So that's a big plus. He did uh, at the end of the season here, starting with this Giants game, have a few games where he started to beat that pressure. And that's what's really promising about this finish of the season that the offensive line was even worse in 2018 uh 2019 uh near the end of the season it was not better than it was at the beginning but he was starting to play well in spite of that so that's what makes his finish of the season and this mid-season stretch uh so promising but the stats in this game pretty representative a good but not great performance and 97 passer rating is slightly above average 70 qbr is pretty good uh so decent stats for this game does represent how well he played he didn't do uh, too much that was spectacular in this game, but he's really consistent and made some uh, made a lot of good throws. I thought that the reverse was true with Daniel Jones. His box score looked a lot better than his actual performance from what I could tell. 26 of 40, 308 yards, 7.7 yards per attempt, four touchdowns. Got sacked six times for a 50-yard loss, 73.7 QBR, and a 121.7 quarterback rating. But we know that he had the ball taken away from him by Jamal Adams. And there were several plays where I thought he was sloppy. A lot of his completions were to wide open receivers because the Jets secondary was terrible on that day. In fact, this was the game that Bless Austin first got a shot because of how bad that the other cornerbacks were playing. So... As we've talked about, Michael, you can't just look at the box score, and when you look at what Daniel Jones put together box score-wise, and then watch the actual film of the game, I think this is a game that really pounds home that point. Yeah, I remember talking about this right after that game, and I don't even think you need to watch the film that much uh, to actually know that those stats were not very representative. He had a few touchdowns that were just all yardage after the catch. I think the Giants offensive line, the Giants offensive line is not good. And they weren't good in this game, but it was better than Sam Darnold. Jones in this game, 37.5% pressure rate. Darnold, 385 So that puts Darnold at third highest of that week. Jones, 14th highest of that week. So I think the offensive line was better. They were creating screen passes for him. And the sacks that he took 
those were mostly his fault. Those ones that he took uh, to Jamal Adams, especially the strip sack one, he is standing there just way too long. And that's a problem that he had throughout the season, just taking sacks, staying, uh, hanging in the pocket uh, far too long and not getting that ball out. So I think those sacks were on him. And some of the touchdowns that he, he had the four touchdowns in this game, that's the highlight of his stat line. And those were not the most impressive touchdown passes ever thrown because there were a lot of yards after catch on those throws. And I think QBR comes through and really gives both of these guys a more deserving score than the box score does because Darnold did put up a better QBR than Jones did in this game. The one touchdown that he threw to Darius Slate, and that was 39 yards, was just a wide-open quick slant. Didn't have to do much of anything on that one. Uh, he had a screen pass to Golden Tate. That was a 61-yard touchdown. So that's almost – that's. Almost 100, actually exactly 100 yards there. Two touchdown passes, uh, which he barely had to do anything at all. So it was that kind of performance. Uh, from a statistical standpoint, I think uh, if you go back through and watch it, you could say he was okay in this game, but those stats definitely overrate the way he played. And Darnold was better in this game, I think, objectively. Let's talk PFF. What did they give him for this game? Yeah, so PFF in this game did give him a decent 67.6 score, but... That is below average versus most quarterbacks in the league. I, like I said, I think their average is about 70 for quarterbacks, so I don't agree with that. And the fact that this game is graded lower than the Buffalo game is it makes absolutely no sense how he could watch those two games and think he was better against Buffalo when he had mono than he was against the Giants. So doesn't make much sense to me, but you know, I guess they said he was decent in this game, so good job for them on that. But clearly not uh, does not make a lot of sense to say he was better against the Bills than he was against the Giants. And that will wrap up part six of the Sam Darnold Project with Michael Nania. We'll be back next week with part number seven as we get into Darnold's seventh start of the 2019 season when the Jets would be on the road taking on the Washington Redskins. In the meantime, make sure you follow Michael on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania, N-A-N-I-A. Read his work in the various places that it's published, including TurnOnTheJets.com, Gangrene Nation, Elite Sports New York, and JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest, the New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.